podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why. Basketball's coming to town, basketball's coming to town, basketball's coming to town. Scott's making a list, Grant's checking it twice, they're gonna find out who's naughty and nice. Basketball's coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. Ho, 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 boys. The boys are back, and if you could see what we are doing to get this show done. You'd be impressed. Uh, it's our final show of the year. Typically our drunkest show of the year, or at least regular show. We'll still have a live show on Spotify Green Room after the K-State North Florida game on Wednesday. <coughs> but, you know, you forgot the mics. My Blue Yeti mic broke. Uh, we're in peril. Yeah, this sound is might it might be shitty, but that's okay. Um, it's The levels look good, but the sound is just going to be a little weird. We're talking... Basically directly into the laptop, so sorry the quality is gonna dip a little bit, but the content quality, woo, it's gonna be elite. This is a, a Q and A, and it's the it's the last show of the year. Yeah, we're drinking some double IPAs from West Virginia, and here's a trivia question for anyone who can tell me the only other show we talked directly into a computer for. I will send them a koozie, and then we'll just get started. All right, uh, so I actually lost the two. I unliked the questions, but I remember them. Both of them for, were, were from Casey Railroader, and we're just going to get into them. The first question is, if you had a million dollars of NIL money, what sort of five-star athlete would you want to sign for this year's class? He said wide receiver, and I actually think that if you were trying to maximize the talent for next year, that might be the right decision. I don't know if that's what I would decide on, though. What would you go with? Well, my I like I do like uh, the answer wide receiver um, because at K State that's the type of player that can do a lot, and we've lacked we've really lacked an elite wide receiver within the program, you know, for the last five years or so. But I mean, I, it's hard not to pick quarterback. The quarterback, you know, is the general of the team. The ball's in his hands every play. He's making the decisions, and we've seen, you know, just how different. Uh, and how big of a drop-off it is between a good quarterback and an average quarterback with Will Howard and with Skylar Thompson. And I'm building, I'm taking that million, I'm, I'm going to try to build for the future. And help. maybe he'll strike gold and, and he'll take off running his freshman year and have a good freshman year, and we can maximize next year too. Yeah, a million th- bucks better fucking buy it, buy it in an elite quarterback. Yeah, but you know what? Just look up at Ohio State and see yeah, what they did. You know, they million dollar quarterback transfer. I think eventually this NIL money is going to autocorrect some. Obviously, it's going to be five or so years before it does, but I think it will. I think that's the right decision, though. If you're trying to maximize next year, five star wide receiver, maybe even like a defensive end, and just make the pass rush unstoppable. 
is the way to go. But you got to think long term. You got to believe in the vision Coach Clement's doing. So I'd say quarterback. The next one from Railroader, and this was an interesting one. And this one came back in November. He asked if we were just a competent offensive coordinator away from 10 wins. I Again, folks know my stance. I would argue Courtney Messingham was competent. I actually think that ultimately it was Kleiman listening to the players a little bit more than he probably usually has is what undid Messingham. So I think he'd be competent. But my take the first time we did this, because spoiler alert, we did the first 10 minutes of this podcast already, uh, was we were it was more of if Skylar Thompson was 100% healthy for every game, we would have been a 10 win team. Yeah, and I think we basically see eye to eye there. Um, you know how I feel about Courtney Messingham, but I wouldn't say he's an incompetent uh coordinator. Um, and if you kind of break down our five losses, anyways, it really just comes down to you know Skylar Thompson's health, lack of you know defensive performance in that that early stretch when we ended up three and three the defense couldn't stop a damn thing so I wouldn't point a lot of finger and a lot of blame towards Courtney Messingham other than you know late in the year Texas game where he pretty much had a nightmare performance um so no I agree I think the health of Skylar Thompson if he's fully healthy all year we're in the eight to ten win you know like sliding scale and I, I feel confident in, in getting to 10. Hey, if LSU isn't chicken shit and actually shows up for the bowl game, we'll be an 8-win team anyways, I think. That's true. Uh, the good chef makes his first appearance of the episode, and he has a handful, so we'll hear from him a few times. As currently constructed, which team is the closest to potentially winning the national championship? K-State football, K-State basketball, or K-State women's basketball? And I actually think this is one of the easiest questions of the entire q and I'm curious as to what you think it is. Well, I know fuck all about the women's basketball team, but I think the top-tier women's basketball team, there's too big of a gap there. So I'm going to say men's basketball. Um, I mean, all you got to do is get into the tournament and get very hot for six games. Um, there's been some shitty-ass, like UConn, how many how many losses did they have when they won it that year? Yeah, Granted, they had an NBA, you know, absolute baller leading the line. We don't have that, but, you know, get in, get hot, and, you know, that's what it takes. Football is impossible, (laughs) Um, especially now that you have to get to the playoff and then beat an elite team just to get in. It's crazy, and we have to win a conference championship and have a round robin. It's just, it's nuts. Um, So I don't know if we'll ever be there. I I would honestly put football fucking last. Eh, maybe I'd put that second, but... For me, number one is men's basketball. Yeah, it's not even close. It's men's basketball. I'll say this. as The the way the athletic department currently runs, and this isn't some veiled shot at the athletic department. This is not a shot at anyone. But as currently constructed, the only of those three sports where we can even realistically say we will ever contend for a national championship is men's basketball. Women's basketball, it is so concentrated every year. Yeah. Maybe, maybe there are four or five teams that can p- compete yeah. for a national title. We're never going to invest in the type of money to get the coach and even recruiting budget to compete for that. Football, again, it's very similar. I think maybe a little bit more teams have a true shot than women's basketball. But again, if you look at what you know, some of these teams are pl- paying their defensive coordinator. 
I mean, Bet Venables, Brent Venables only took like what a million dollar raise to go become Oklahoma's head coach. That's how much he's making at Clemson. You look at the staffs, you look at how much support staff, you look at this new NIL. I mean, it's never going to happen as as the way college football is currently set up and how K State's athletic department is currently set up. I mean, fuck, Bruce Weber was, you know, beating a Missouri Valley team away from going to the Final Four and playing a Michigan team that we would have matched up pretty decently with. Yeah. So I, I I think it's men's basketball, and it's not close. Not close at all. Yeah, and if you look at football this year, in a year that was characterized by more by chaos than any other year in the last five to eight years, um, and it looked and felt like there is no elite team, look at the top four. Alabama, Georgia, the same fucking names, and then, you know, you get a Cincinnati once in a while. Like, congrats. And then... The Big Ten champion. Big Ten champion, surprise, surprise. A little bit of a surprise well, that it's Michigan, but it's, but still, it's like... It's Michigan. It's Michigan, yeah. So. Yeah, the, the second biggest Cinderella story is Michigan. A team that's been grossly underperforming for the last decade. It's so. underperforming while winning, like, 10 games a year. Exactly. So, so, yeah, I agree. The way it's set up, it's still very top-heavy. Uh, which makes me sad, but um, maybe Chris can get some magic. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. I just don't I, – I think that the era and the way K-State to win a national championship, I think it's dead. I think it died the day the playoff happened. And that's fine. Like, I I think college football should be more about than – like, it's the only sport in the world where it's always been about more than the national championship, and that's probably mm-hmm. a product of not having a tournament for the longest time. But winning the Big 12, he can win the Big 12. I actually, if you change it around, which seems more set up to win the Big 12, I would say K-State football. Yeah. But uh, that's not going to ruin me if K-State never gets a shot at winning a national title in football. I'll take five Big 12 championships over the next 25 years right now, no questions asked. Okay, I'll take that. All right. The next one, and I'm going to see if – I'm going to make a half-hearted attempt to get Chauncey in because I don't use chapstick or anything. I like maybe once a year, my lips will get horrible and I'll use some Carmax. But Chef asks, what's your favorite brand of chapstick? Easy. Burt's Bees. Uh, I think it's top tier. Um, that's reflected in the price as well. It's uh, definitely the best. There's any other medicated balm uh, that is not. Like pure, which one's Carmex? Is that yellow? Yellow, yeah. Ye- Carmex is solid. Um, Blistex, I think, sucks so much ass. Uh, That's I never yellow with red. Carmex is white with yellow. Carmex, white. No, Blistex is like Nate, it's like a teal. Okay, well, sure. I don't really know. Shit. Uh, I think Carmex is the yellow red, which is solid, and I'm a fan of that. But I would say if I had to choose, it'd be Burt's Bees, no doubt about it. Yeah, so like I said, I don't really use it that much except for maybe once a year I'll get super sick. All right, Roly Poly Coley asks, favorite most exciting Christmas gift you ever received as a kid? I think we've had this one before. The two that stick out to my mind, I actually got a Tony Richardson autographed football when I was like in middle school. Absolutely love Tony Richardson, one of my all-time favorite Chiefs. And then also one year, I think it might have all been the same year, we got a Papa shot and then a table like similar to foosball, but it was like a hockey game, and that was absolutely awesome. Papa shot would be elite to have. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, but then me and my brother destroyed it yeah, pretty quickly. That's no surprise. Um, I think me probably just uh, the PlayStation, the PS One. 
uh, when we busted that out, um, just kind of started everything with video games. The first video game system I ever had, and it was... I never looked back. Always been a PlayStation boy, so it's been great. We had a PlayStation as well. I think we switched over to Xbox 360, but I'm not much of a gamer. But in a year and a half, when NCAA football comes back, I'm going to get a console. 100%. The top console, all for that one game. It's it's going to be all in. I'm very excited for that. All right, so uh, Dan Merker, the man, the myth, the legend, he said, when you look back on Skylar Thompson's career, is it going to be him wearing number 10 or number 7? I accidentally unliked it, so it's out of there. But I, I, it's it's gonna be seven for me. Yeah. Or no, no, I lied. That's ten. Uh, ten. Because he was seven this year, only for this year. It would be ten. Because he got all his big wins wearing number ten. He wore it for three years. Yeah, it's ten. Pro- probably ten for me as well. Um, but it is weird that I instantly think seven because it is his final year. I don't know. I probably won't think much about Skylar Thompson in five years. To be completely honest. Oh, but, I think that's a lie. <laughs> Your dog is yeah, psycho. He, Chauncey is not making this easy, so. All right. It's all right. We'll, we'll move on to the good chef next. Is there such thing as too many Christmas lights on the house? I'm actually sad. Because of the timing of when I got COVID, I did not put any Christmas lights up on my house. I think there is a limit where it becomes overkill, but my limit's probably higher than most. Yeah, I think there is definitely... Uh, scenario where you can have too many. I'll ask you this: What do, do you like? Do you like white lights or color? When I was picturing how I was going to do it, it was going to be LED multicolored lights. Okay. I think for like old classy homes, like old money, go all white. White lights look elite. But I don't have an old money house. I, I would hate go color. like. I hate blue. Any blue light? No. Fucking no, no. awful. No, it'd be like the red, white, white green. It's gotta be like light, red, green, and white. That's yeah, a it, it would be the multicolor yeah. red, white, green. Dark lights, they gross me out. They hurt my eyes. I don't like it. Ooh, okay. I'll make sure to never do that. All right, the good chef asked, and this is a great one because of Stubby, and I have a very specific answer to this one. Chef asks... Can a one-year grad transfer be considered an all-time great for K-State Athletics, i.e. Sauce Boss, or an all-American level transfer? So this is what I'm going to say. First off, the Sauce Boss love Reggie Stubblefield. He is not an all-time great. He is a cult hero status type guy. Agreed. There is a big difference between being like a cult hero type guy and an all-time great. Now, if you're an all-American... If you win some awards, if you are a major player, make even a major play for an all-time great team, then yes, you can be an all-time great. But Stubblefield, while my, maybe my favorite player this year, did he was honorable mention all Big 12. He wasn't even the best player on this team. He wasn't the best player on the defense. He was my favorite player. He And the way he embraced the fans, that gets you cult hero stats. He wasn't even the best defensive transfer. Russ Yeast was first team all Big 12. He was just a good, Russie's good player. Reggie yeah. Stubblefield, cult hero status. Yeah, and I mean, to be fair to Chef, I don't think he's saying Sauce Boss was. I think maybe he's just using his name as an example, well, but I could be wrong. Sauce Boss or an All-American level transfer. Well, I just, I, I don't know. He'll have to chime in. But, um, I mean, absolutely, like, if it's an All-American level player, yeah, you can become an all-time great. Of course you can. Um 
any player. I mean, Michael be, Beasley was a one year. He didn't transfer. I mean, but let's he just was a yeah, one year like, player, and he's the best of all time. Like pretend Arthur Brown only was here for twelve, and he had that twelve year. He's considered like an all time great linebacker at K State, no doubt about it. Um, yeah, for sure. All right, next SF Wildcats one, and we're gonna ask it both ways. He asked, when was the last time he threw up from embedding in too many adult beverages? There was a follow-up. That night or the morning after? So let's go with that night first. Man, I like what I've learned about myself in the last year is that my brain is like constantly just deleting files <laughs> in, in terms of memory. Because I like racked my brain to think of the last time I threw up from drinking. And I genuinely could not fucking remember anything um but i'll say like i don't remember i don't i cannot remember the last time i threw up the night of drinking um but i think the last time i threw up the the next day was that night where we met flando and dy and you left really early yeah and i ended up staying out way too fucking late and went to work the next day it was like a tuesday or something stupid and went to work the next day, had to leave at, like, 11.30, and I went home and basically, like, slept until the next day at work. So, or to, going to work. And I think I threw up one time, but I don't know. My memory is so shit now that I honestly can't, I can't remember. The last time I threw up the morning after, the day after, was Christmas Day 2019. So it was me drinking... Uh, Christmas Eve, uh, and okay, that hold on. Scott is getting a text. Well, it's it's from Will. Will Dubois is here. Will is here. William Dubois uh, to the Ville. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I'm allergic to Scott's dog. Um, yeah, so it was Christmas Eve. Uh, I drank too much. Christmas morning, I threw up, and then the last time I threw up that night was. New Year's Eve 2015 going into 16. I'm in Memphis at the Liberty Bowl. There were shots ordered and I threw up <laughs> on the bar. And we're going to pause this for a second. And that was an intermission. We tried to get Will to stay and talk, but we couldn't. But yeah, those were the last two times I drank and it led me to throw up. Luckily, it's been a long time for the night and coming up on exactly two years since the night before. All right, uh, we're back to the good chef. Can I have your three-name shortlist for realistic offensive coordinators and unrealistic uh, shortlist for the K-State vacancy? Here's the thing. This has been such a quiet search. The only quote-unquote name that's still alive is Colin Klein. Yeah. I mean, there's no one, like, there is no other, like, unrealistic name. Anyone who is currently a Power 5 offensive coordinator at a job that isn't Washington State. I mean, that's pretty unrealistic. Nathan Shieldhouse is a guy everyone was obsessed with. He's not coming. So I don't know. I think names are going to pop out. I think Chris Kleiman's going to go to the coaching convention in mid-January, and then that's when we'll eventually hear some more <laughs> names. But Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to pretend. To, I'm not going to add really anything to that answer because I don't, I don't fucking know. I don't. I'm not following other coaches. Not that plugged in anymore, but uh, especially in the last eight months. 
So yeah. Well, and also here, here's know, another man. here's another thing. The style isn't going to completely change. Ultimately, nothing about the offense is going to change except for, in my opinion, the person calling the plays. The tempo is going to be about the same. The overall philosophy is going to be about the same. The type of plays are going to be about the same. Your average run-of-the-mill K-State fan will not know any different who the offensive coordinator is. So I think a lot of folks are going to be grossly disappointed, you know, during the 2022 football season. I agree. I think you're right. I forgot that we don't have mics. Yes. All right. Um, The good chef Andre Napier asks, what is your ultimate dream job? Oh, shit. My ultimate dream job actually would be if money was not an option, my ultimate dream job would be just being a random dude at the Ahern Fund trying to schmooze like big money K-State donors for more money. <laughs> like that can't happen for a few reasons. One, uh, I my Twitter account and this podcast exists. So I don't think they would ever hire me. Second, like, I don't know what those people make, but I have a comfortable life. I have a house in Johnson County with a backyard for Chauncey. I think they work very hard and they're probably underpaid. That's the way it is for college athletics for literally 99.99% of people who work in college athletics. The only people who are ever overpaid are, the elite of the elite, and I'm not the elite of the elite when it comes to fundraising. So I probably am making more now than I would being okay at trying to get rich people to give me money. But that would be my dream job if money was no option. Uh, yeah, my dream job. Actually, a dream job would be the AD at K-State. Yeah, you would, I mean, lo- you I would, would love, love that, that shit. Ah, uh, shit. My dream job, my adult dream job would Professional be... Professional podcaster. <laughs> I mean, full time. Yeah, dude. Honestly, like, I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard of like Comtown or any other, you know, ridiculous podcast that just puts in literally no effort but makes a hilarious amount of money. Uh, like Comtown, they make like ninety thousand a month on Patreon, and they're just the laziest pieces of shit of all time. That's probably the dream job, right? I could there. never do. That. But I would feel so bad. They're also like comedians, so they. No, I get ha- it. Well, but... at least, well, we don't need to get into the <laughs> their dynamics of that show. But um, honestly, my my adult dream job would probably be like doing some sort of like writing, like comedy writing or like sketches or like acting. I think that'd be fun. Uh, my child dream job, which is like kind of in the same vein, but I want to be a professional soccer player at Arsenal Football Club. There we go. I mean, playing my favorite game uh, to be paid to do that at my favorite club, that would be fucking amazing. That's yeah. my, like, ultimate, like, fantasy dream. I think kindergarten I wanted to be, like, an ESPN, like, sports center host. And then I wanted I, – I legitimately wanted to be, like, a sports talk host. I wanted it. that too, yeah. Like, like, gosh, those guys are so – like, I'm not going to get into it. I'm going <laughs> to just keep moving on. The good chef Andre Napier asks – what could make the Bosco's Boys podcast even better? <laughs> a co-host that puts in more effort, one. Uh, and two... So I you're mean, saying I don't put in enough effort? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we could, like, multiply our listenership by about 100, that would make things really nice for us. Yeah, I, I think 
honestly, if, if this could be my full-time job, I think it could be better. It would be better if I lived in Kansas City again, uh, which will happen. Uh, what else would be better? If we had, like, our own, like, quality assurance, like, our own uh, producer. That would be cool. That would be really cool. Um, we'll, we'll probably, hopefully, do a better job of getting interviews again. It's been a long time since we've had those. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. COVID not being a thing anymore. Yeah, that kind of screwed. COVID dying down would help. But um, I don't know. I mean, I think for the most part, it's been four four years. We've figured it out pretty well, and we've hit our peaks. Yeah, we've peaked already. And we have, like, our our bubble and our, our faithful. So I like where we're at. Yeah, I have no complaints. I have no complaints. But if, you know... Like 10,000 people want to listen yeah. to every episode, that would also be fucking that, yeah. great. That would be huge. We could. We, we would could quit our jobs. Quit our jobs, yeah. yeah. I could quit my job. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if K State's fan base could get bigger and if more people. I mean, we have gone over a million all time listeners. The real but, answer here is K State being elite. Yeah. I mean, that's true. Because, like, even when we're. Here's the thing. May, it, even when we're 3 and 0, like, the podcast oh, is so much fucking more fun. And, like, and more people I listen. think about K State every second of every day. And yeah, more people listen and it's really, it's all, it's a sports podcast about a specific team. So the team has to be performing well. That's obviously the most critical point, but. It is wild though to think about probably over half of our all time listens happened before we had sponsors. I know. (laughs) And that kind of sucks. It sucks so much. Our biggest. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. It's okay. Um, but yeah, if you if anyone has any suggestions, let us know and we'll uh, read them on Twitter. And if they're realistic, then we might try them. If they're not, uh, we won't. I wish that uh, I do wish that um, I had like an actual mixer that uh, we could get into like our Zoom. Yes, that would be good. If I was had any type of like ability in terms of that, I would do that. Yeah. I would buy that and do it like. One thousand percent. Even even now, I would still buy a mixer and like add that shit to the show. Well, I think you can do that through Zoom, just like through the application itself. I think so. Okay, we'll we'll have to figure that out. I think we could probably do a little bit better. And this is <laughs> it's funny. This is coming on a day where we're probably having the worst quality sound possible. Yeah, with a panting dog that goes by like every thirty seconds. We're hunched over a, an old yeah. ass Dell laptop. <laughs> But, yeah, I think we, that's enough. We listed enough. All right. Uh, Ace Edwards, zero, 0 Which squad has a better chance at making a tournament run, the men's or women's team? It would it would depend on what you define as run. The women are going to be in it. The men are going to be on the bubble. If you're saying make it to the second weekend, the men – or the women, the women. If you're saying make a run to the final four, it kind of goes back to that question – that we had earlier in the podcast. The men, even with as flawed as they are, are closer to being a top four team in college basketball than the women are. And the women, according to the computers, are already like a top 15 team. That's just the difference between the two sports. Yeah. um, Men have to get in first, but um, I'd probably put my money on them. Yeah. To make a deeper run, quote unquote. Well, better chance. I, I still think if you're saying make it to the Sweet 16, women, if it's making it to the Final Four, it's the men. 
which doesn't make sense, but is what it is. The Good Chef, what number would you like to see Adrian Martinez wear next year? Uh, Jake Rubley wears number two. Adrian Martinez wore two at uh, Nebraska. So I don't want him to wear two because I think that might mean Jake Rubley's leaving. So what I'm going to say is I'm going to say something wacky. I'm going to say number 20. I would love to see a quarterback wearing a number in the 20s. I think that would look cool. I disagree. (laughs) Uh, I want – I mean, I haven't thought about this at all until right now, but uh, let's bring back number three, a light-skinned quarterback that can run like crazy with a very fun running back next to him. Uh, Let's just blast from the past. Number three under center. Deuce wear number 43? Well, Deuce can probably keep his number, um, but maybe number three. Okay. Uh, from state football fan, KSU needs football recruiters. Iowa State are killing KSU. People freaked out over the 22 recruit class. Seemed a bit much, but we need to be much better. Can we get or pay an ace recruiter? If Iowa freaking state can recruit like this, so should KSU. Then he goes into this. OSU recruits and plays good. So does ISU. <laughs> This is interesting worded. Uh, Baylor uh, will be even better if they lock up Aranda. I don't want to be left behind in the new Big 12. We need to be better. We need to prepare ourselves better. Climbing can coach. Now let's get some dudes who can compete. Okay, well, my first instinct is this guy, I don't, I don't, I haven't been able to read him. He's been interacting with me quite for quite some time. And until like this Q&A, I thought he was an Oklahoma State fan that hated Iowa State because he always like chimes in and makes fun of Iowa State. Which I'm not convinced. Love and respect. Not convinced that's not the case. He's I know. I think he's clearly a Cats fan at this point. But um to answer your question, I think we have an ace recruiter in Taylor Bratt. His job is to bridge gaps, to get coaches in the door, and frankly, it's the coaches' jobs to fucking close. And you know, it's nice to have coaches that can be elite recruiters at the same time, but you're not going to hire like a new coach just because he's an elite recruiter. You want a good coach who's a good coach. At least not with Chris Kleiman. There are, there are coaches who will do that. Yeah. But Chris Kleiman has said, and he's said it a million times, that he wants to be a developmental program, which if you want to go after his philosophy, that's fine. You can challenge the philosophy. But as the athletic department, as the football program is currently set up, you're not going to do that. Now, I'm going to be excited if Brian Leapak gets the tight ends and fullbacks job because that's a position, Coach, where you can go out and be that charismatic recruiter, and I think he has it in him. Yeah. um, And fuck, Connor Riley is a pretty damn good recruiter. Yeah, he's a fucking— He's not an ace. He's a great recruiter. But he's very good. But, um, I mean, as far as, like, recruiters, quote-unquote, like Taylor Bratt does— so much for the program and he is stretched so fucking thin it's insane how much he actually has to do and how much he can he has accomplished but and then he still just comes on our show randomly yeah he's great um it's the coach's jobs to close and be you know they need to do job a better job at closing um selling the program and you know the program also needs to be in a position where we can sell it so it's kind of like we are in a developmental stage anyways, and I think maybe, you know, maybe, maybe we'll be getting over the hump soon. But, um, I mean, it's shit, man. As far as recruiting goes, like, in a general sense, I don't think we're as bad as people think. 
Because no. when you because when you can find the Deuce Vaughns and the Felix on a DKs and the you know the Nate Matlacks who he's going to be a player. When you can find those guys, it makes up for you know losing those head to heads. We need to win some of those head to heads. But I think having an eye for talent and having an eye for finding undiscovered you know great players is like That's very more, valuable. It's more valuable than yeah. having an ace. At a program like K-State. Also, again, I, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Iowa State has a good class this year, and I'm not going to take away from it. But this is the first time they've actually had an actual on-paper, on-recruiting ranks, heads-and-shoulder better class in K-State. Before this, it was 100% even in the climbing era. So let's just pump the fucking brakes just a little bit. That's coming off their program all-time best program history season with ESPN being a propaganda wing for them for like three years. So let's just chill it a little bit, please. <laughs> Moving on, I like this. Uh, A.S. Pogue, Alex, my guy, I've watched him sporting and U.S. games with him. In 20 years when Bosco's Voice is the official sponsor of a bowl game, what will it be called? What its gifts, traditions, teams, locations, what all will be involved? I'm going to say this. The trophy is going to be a keg of pumpkin beer. Love. Traditions. Uh, every single fan who comes in, similar to the Tostitos bowls you, that got salsa chips, you get a slice of pecan pie. Uh, teams, I don't know. The uh, Big 12 and the Sun Belt. <laughs> the location is going to be Hummer Stadium in Topeka. Love that. And uh, gifts is just going to be a bunch of koozies. It's going to be the Bosco's Boys Pumpkin Boy Bowl. I call it I call it the Bonehead Bowl the because bonehead bowl. without the Boneheads, you know, we wouldn't have got. And honestly, you know, forget about a single bowl. I think in twenty years we'll probably it'll probably be the the Bosco's Boys play, college, college football Pro- playoff expanded to twelve by then, um, and we'll just be you know the brand is going to be gargantuan. Well, also it wouldn't be at Hummer Stadium. That was wrong. It'd be Bowen Glaze Stadium. <laughs> Bowen Glaze, Bowen Glaze, yes. <laughs> I get well. Part of it could be a Hummer, you know. One semi. Yeah, I guess if we're hosting the entire playoff, one semi could be at Hummer, and then the other Bone Glaze. And then the championship game can be at Washburn Stadium. I like that. Your your uh, alumni. Yes, sir. The Cole Hager, one of my favorite folks in the live shows. Should the NCAA bring back boxing as a sanctioned sport? No, and the reason why is like. Boxers only have so many fights. Don't spend them in the NCAA. Be an undercard. Get some more money. I say no. Yeah. Also, look what's happened to boxing. We've got YouTubers like making millions of dollars yeah. just boxing random old fat celebrities. No, thank you. All right. Uh, Dan underscore mirror five. Who do you think? <laughs> who, do you, who do you guys think is the most popular co-host? Grant has a lot of groupies out there. There's a lot of folks that ride with Grant. But it's not because of the show. No, it's not. So it's, it's, it's definitely account. you because you are like, you're on every show basically. Um, and you've basically, I mean, you the show is much more a reflection of you. So I would say as far as co-hosts goes. Yeah, you're you. probably right. <laughs> if, if you're doing it just purely in the show, yes, it's probably me. But I mean... If I had a dollar for every time someone, especially like Twitter account stuff, if I had a dollar for every every time someone's like, "Oh man, like Grant's Twitter's so funny," I roll my eyes because one, 
Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, which one? But no, I sometimes roll my eyes. It's just like, man, okay, like I get it. And some of them make me like mad because I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna eventually have to go back to, uh, you know, the folks at KC Athletics and ask to interview Gene Taylor, a football coach, and then they're gonna <laughs> specifically say, why was Gene Taylor tagged in a tweet about crack rocks in the football stadium? Was he? Yeah, that rock that rules. Uh, and then uh, I had a really fun time. Oh, I'm that, sure. And I, w- thread. And, and I I would not tell you to change it. I would I would never tell you to do that. So eventually I'm going to have to do that. And I'm hoping they don't bring it up. Uh, but I would never tell you to change your Twitter. It just sometimes <laughs> makes me think, damn, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to send an email. I think hoping. about it sometimes, actually, myself. And, you know, rarely. Rarely does the safety net catch a tweet, but there are times, there are things I have not sent. Where I'm like, mm, I, would I love may to not. <laughs> but like, that's like one in every like hundred where I'm like, love to see the draft. And that's when I'm like engaged in the show. <laughs> and I'm like, I, actually, I'm going to keep this one in my, in my pocket. But um, I mean, yeah, I think it's probably you as far as the co the show goes for sure. You and, and you have like, I mean, you have how many? You have a lot more followers than me at this point. Well, I have. I, you've never. You've got, passed, a, you've got a big reach. You've never passed me on Twitter followers. Uh, I think you no, came no, close no. a couple times, but I have. No, you have. I've never come close. Eighteen eighty one is my personal account, but hey, the show account is up over two thousand five hundred. Nice. Uh, so, if anyone wants to send us a tip on the Twitter account, I'll try to get that set up. Because uh, I think you can just give Twitter accounts money. So, yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to retweet that now, and let's just see what happens. The, the Crack Rock one? No, the who do you think is a more popular <laughs> co-host. Yeah, you go, you go ahead. You you retweet that, and your timeline will see it. Although, you do have some, like, groupies who are all about you even on the show, so. That's true. You do. Uh, Evan D. Shanelanelak. K-State beats LaSalle in 2013, but loses to Ole Miss or WSU. Hmm. It would have been Ole Miss or Wisconsin, and Ole Miss beat Wisconsin, so it would have been Ole Miss. Or Angel Rodriguez finishes his career at K-State. Which do you choose and why? Hmm. So Angel had two more years. What did we do? We need to run it back. Well, the next year, we were okay. We lost to Kentucky in the first round yeah. as a like eight nine seed, and then we collapsed. And then a complete and utter collapse. So you know, maybe yeah, having Angel, maybe having that point guard. Imagine, I mean, shit, yeah. Imagine having Angel as that experienced point guard, and then that freshman year Marcus Foster yeah, next oh, yeah. to him. Shit, that yeah, would have been definitely a fun that. team. Definitely that, uh, because I mean, if you're telling me we're losing to Ole Miss. That's only a round of 32 appearance. No, no I'm taking Angel. I'm taking Angel. All right, uh, Joe Irvin doesn't opt out of the 2020 season. How do you think that impacts his and Deuce's career? You answer that. I'm going to let Chauncey out. I say it doesn't really impact it at all because Deuce Vaughn is Deuce Vaughn. Um, I need to read that again really quick. Joe Irvin doesn't opt out for 2020. How do you think that impacts his, his and Deuce's careers? Well, shit, okay. I still think Deuce becomes Deuce um, because he is an undeniable talent. I don't think Joe goes anywhere. Um, I think he's he's probably established himself. No, I think Joe Urban transfers after 2020 if that's the case. Oh, yeah. So if he plays in the, the COVID yeah. year. 
Yeah, that could be the case. It would have been nice to have Joe. None. They can't hear that. No way. Um, but I, that's a good question, actually. Who are our running backs in 2020? Deuce and... Uh, we didn't have Trotter. He left. Yeah, Trotter it was, was, there was it Trotter? in 2020. Yeah, and then... Uh, I mean, you got was the other it. small guy who scored and then went off to the Mac, Miami of Ohio? Mosey? Mosey. Keon Mosey. I saw Trotter. a tweet about him literally an hour ago. Apparently he had some real nice runs. So good for good Keon for, Mosey. Yeah, I'm a fan of Keon. Um, I wish he would have stayed. I mean, I guess if Joe sticks around for 2020, yeah, I could see him leaving. Um, but then again, he could have been. He could have made himself like the number one guy. Because I, I would have fucking rather. I would have rather him gotten carries than Harry Trotter. But that doesn't necessarily mean he would have. Um, I'll just say I don't think it affects Deuce's career. And you know the fact that Joe left anyways. I don't think it changes much about Joe either. But I think Deuce still becomes. The gargantuan, massive pimp that he is. Scott's freaking out about Chauncey barking. Well, he's go- he is just freaking terrorizing listen. squirrel. I don't like it. Listen, brother, that's what dogs do. They bark. He's a young buck. I know. You I got to just, just uh, roll with the punches. Believe me, like they it. cannot hear that. But, you know, let him let him be an outside boy for a little bit. He'll be all right. I will. Okay, it's so nice, though. It is. I just I don't like it. How much he bark? I, I don't want my neighbors to. I, I I agree. That shit is annoying. If you're the owner, like yeah, yeah. you have that in the back of your mind. Like God, shut the fuck up. Yeah, I everyone agree. hates him. Okay, Evan D. Shanelano. I I like this one. How much different are Jesse Ertz and Skylar Thompson's career if they have no injuries? I.e., what's the ceiling? I think Skylar Thompson's ceiling just a little bit larger, um, but it's close. Like. Second team all Big 12, I think, is the ceiling without injuries for both of them. Man, I love, I loved Jesse Ertz. Like, I feel like he could have been, he could have been so good. Um, and he had, like, track speed, didn't he? Like, he had legit track speed. He was a speed. lot faster than Skyler. Um, and he was bigger than Skyler. Um, Maybe Jesse's ceiling like, was I, higher. I genuinely think if Jesse isn't injured, like, he, he was he was quietly battling injuries in 2016, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, imagine he's fully healthy. Like, the margins, the slim margins that we could not get over. Uh, that was a fun defense. That was a fun team, I think, maybe. Um, but mm, it's a good question. It's a good question because... I'm going back and forth. I mean, I feel like, I feel like Jesse could have been, like... Psych, psycho good under Bill if he like never got hurt. Like he would have had to because be he had that track man, like that patient like speed, but he also was like had a decently accurate arm. Um, I don't know. They they are similar though, so yeah. it's hard to choose. I'll go with Jesse because he's more handsome. He is more handsome, and he's Skyler's not and ugly. He's very fun. No, Skyler's, Skyler's also very handsome yeah, as well. But both very handsome. I feel like Sk- Jesse came to my apartment, and he was very funny. So I'm picking oh, yeah. Jesse. <laughs> yeah, Jesse is fun. I do hope we get like the Skyler Thompson shot with the cowboy hat as the MVP of the Texas Bowl because mm. that's one of the best pictures of Jesse Ertz of all time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, uh, next question. What is your projected longevity of the head coaches for K-State football, men's basketball, women's basketball, volleyball, and baseball? 
Chris Kleiman's going to be here for at least 10 more years. Genuinely do think Chris Kleiman is like a very long-term, like, basically lifer. Um, I think there's only a handful of jobs he would leave for outside of blue, like blue bloods. He's too old for blue bloods. I don't think we will quite be. I mean, if he wins back to back Big 12 titles, maybe like a yeah, like Texas sniffs. I don't know who would. I like, don't listen, know. if we become elite, like if yeah, we're obviously. just like four or five year run where we're just like top, like, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s type run, people are obviously going to come after him. Like, so we're going to have to fend them off. And I think he's, he's a Big Ten looking type of guy. Yeah, I, I think currently the only but, two jobs I worry about him with are Iowa and Nebraska. I think Nebraska has this weird thing about them that they think they're better than a guy like him. So I don't think I'm going to have to worry about it. But I will <laughs> I will worry whenever Kirk Ferentz retires. Yeah. Um, men's basketball, I do think this is going – if you're putting a gun to my head and making me do a prediction, I'd predict this is Bruce Weber's last year. I think it is too, even if like – well, I don't know. I mean, if we somehow, if we put together like a, if a you're, good conference slate, we're in the tournament, I could see Bruce coming back for one more. But I think like this year, max next year, and then he's retired. Yeah, I, I agree. Women's basketball, uh, I mean, midi, between two to five, no, it all depends. Idea. It all depends. Volleyball, I'm glad that Susie was, got the volleyball team being the last team in. But she needs to go. It's time for a new volleyball coach. Baseball, I mean, Pete Hughes, I don't know. If he gets in the tournament once every three years, that's going to be good enough for him to keep his job forever. Um, so we'll also say we'll say nine years for Pete Hughes. So it's what you. it is. That's all you. Mike Smith, do you think Rubley passes Howard on the depth chart and gets some playing time next season? Here's my prediction, and this is not me saying I don't like Will Howard as a human, as a person, or anything. I predict Will Howard transfers out of K-State after spring ball practice. That is my official prediction. I think Will Howard has played his last regular season game for K-State. I think he maybe will play in the bowl game, but I think ultimately he will leave after spring ball. Really? So that's my prediction. I don't necessarily want to be, in, a, in a perfect world, all the quarterbacks stick around and they fight for positioning and they battle. And then if none of them are good enough, you bring in a transfer. Like, that's my ideal world. I'm not saying in my ideal world, Will Howard transfers, but he's a guy who now has, who has started in what, like 10 games? He's played a lot of games. He's played a lot of games. And now the coaching staff has proved that they don't trust him. They went out and got a one-year starter and say, we don't trust, and and a guy who won't even be able to play in spring practice. They're saying, we trust this guy who hasn't played a down in our offense, whose first real snap is going to be part of fall camp. We trust him more than you. How do you stick around? I don't know. I mean, he's very young, and... Yes, but again, how many games has he played? I, I, I just would have a hard time, and if he sticks around, that says a lot about his character, his love for the university. He is a much more mentally strong person than I am at age 29, about to be 30. I think it'll be my 30th birthday when this episode drops. And it'll say a lot more about him at age 19, 20 than it would of me. Cause I would not be able to handle that type of shot at my ego at his age or even now. 
I actually like I feel the opposite. I think I think he's going to stick around. Um even despite, you know, the Adrian Martinez going and getting him, I think Will Howard is nicking a living as if you will. Um, you know, he doesn't I don't think at this point in time with everything we've seen that he belongs at a power 5. No, program. but like almost oh. none of our transfers go power five like t denson went to purdue right mm-hmm. and young blood went to rutgers that's fine but eventually it's like okay i want to play so he's gonna go to uh i don't know what's temple or he's gonna go to you know an fcs school up there or he's gonna go to a g5 school my point is he's on scholarship he's living large at a at a power five he's gonna he's but, loving it but how many guys have we seen say no no thanks i want to go play yeah it is different now that he I mean, can. Joe Irvin went to Middle Tennessee. I know the fact that he can. I don't know, man. But I he's hope QB, I'm wrong. He's he's QB. I, he's just like and the ladies love him. I know that's what I'm saying. I mean, I hope he sticks around. I would love it if Will Howard did his entire career at K State as long as the coaches. To will, answer the question, oh, Rubley yeah. will pass him. I think he will pass him next year as well. I hope he does. You're starting to actually start to hear a little bit more chatter from folks. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of like defending why Rubley didn't make more of a dent in the depth chart this year. So that makes me think that, okay, people are behind the scenes saying that Jake will overtake Will uh, next season. All right, from Rob, whose Twitter account is, who you got there? Who's your pick for new OC? Will OL, or will offensive line keep transfer quarterback from being a turnover machine? I don't know who it's going to be for OC. The Windsor's like all the momentum is saying Colin Klein. I don't necessarily want that, but I think he might be a better play caller than quarterbacks coach. But again, I've been grilled for saying like for being too harsh on Colin Klein for being a good quarterbacks coach. And honestly, that's probably warranted. We're schmoes with a podcast. I can't tell you definitively if he's good or bad as a quarterback coach, whatever. Will the O-line help Taylor Martinez from turning the ball over? 100%, but he'll still have some turn. He's not yeah. going to be Skylar Thompson when it comes to protecting the ball, but he also is more electric. I mean, he has the ability to be more electric than Skylar. He's going to be fun. He's going to be chaotic, and I'm excited to watch him make some crazy plays. Um, but, I, I mean, you know, he's had some some brutal turnovers, but he also, I think, you know, has been led by a pretty poor coaching staff. He's had no protection. I definitely think having a good offensive line is going to remedy some of that. But, uh, and you can't pin all of those turnovers on him. He's had a shitload of fumbles, which worries me. But, uh, like, as far as the interceptions go, those aren't, like, 100% on the quarterback. So I'm excited. I think it was 1,000% a good move. And I just, it's going to be so cool to have a running quarterback again. Yeah, An electric, like, a guy that, like, yeah, we've obviously had guys home, that can run. But, like, but this is a home run hitter. He's going to fucking run some like, wild ass shit. First guy since Daniel Sams who's truly yeah. a home run hitter. But, I mean, actually, that's probably minimizing the type of runner Jesse Ertz was, but it, it's going to be fun. All right, uh, Jake, uh, Gordon 12, Jake, this is the easiest one. Stadium-wide alcohol sales are a Big 12 championship game appearance. <laughs> okay, I had to, like, just... ask that like, clarification. Like, what, are you I asking know, what's going to happen first? Well, he said no, just which would you prefer? I like drinking beer. Here's the I thing. You, you know, can bring alcohol into the yes, stadium, we did and it. you will never get caught. I got caught once. I did too. Yeah, I think <laughs> we were together. No, I was by myself. Oh, okay. I was with, this was when I was in section four, okay. and I was like 
completely reckless. I was just bringing, like, bush light cans in there and just drinking them like a dickhead. But you can bring, like, whiskey in and pour it in the pop, and oh, it's, yeah. like, the easiest thing in the world. We did it all the 2012 Every season. Every student under should eight. be yes. doing this. 100%. Every game. And, you know, the whole Brett Kavanaugh thing, I like beer, I still like beer. But here's the thing, I would like an appearance in Arlington way more. Like, I, I get it, you know, that's been a crusade of the podcast, I get it, Jake, but that's the easiest question. I mean, it, the podcast is about Kansas State sports. Yes, we not gotta, about drinking Let's beer. get a title. We're back, I had to pee. Yes. Nobody yeah. knows we took a break, but we did. Yeah, almost reminiscent of the uh, one podcast where we took like 17 breaks for you and Reggie Walker. Yeah, that was wild. Uh, no, it's actually wild. That podcast actually spikes in downloads anytime Ron Prince does something stupid. Because <laughs> there's a handful of HBCU football blogs that have that podcast and they tweet out quotes from it and links to it. And it happens literally every time Ron Prince does something stupid. We'll get like another 500 downloads on that. That's one of that, that's been the most downloaded episode from the old era. Since we switched to Art 19. That's wild. Yeah. So it's... A, that just goes to show how much of a prick Ron is. Yes, Ron Prince is a fucking prick. All right. We only have a handful of questions. Uh, again, we'll be going live after the K-State basketball game on Wednesday. I actually might try to go to that game and go live from inside Bramlage. So it might be, cool. be a shit show. But we'll see what happens. <laughs> We'll see what happens. All right, Casey Railroader, what do the Cats have to do next year for Deuce to be a Heisman contender? What kind of stats does Deuce need to have? Ready for a hot take? Mm-hmm. He could have the exact same stats, but if we went 11-1, and one, he would be in New York. Oh, yeah, that's zero thousand stats. That's not, I don't even think that's hot. Um, that's just the nature of the award. Um, it's about eyeballs and... You know, I'm. I feel like, I feel like he's super, super happy that he is an All-American. Like, I'm shocked to be honest. Not that I don't think he's deserving. A consensus All-American. Like, yeah, it blows my mind that he actually. But wasn't first was, team All Big Twelve. Yeah, well, that is. I mean, fuck. We've already we've seen them fail, fail multiple times in the yeah. past. But so um, I actually. So I think, and and this is just from some poking around I've done. They don't publish anything outside of the top 10 Heisman vote-getters. I actually would be shocked if, because not all votes are accounted for. Only players in the top 10. I bet you he got Heisman votes this year, but he wasn't in the top 10, so it wasn't released. Yeah, I mean, it would not surprise me at all. But that, And he's already getting some like buzz. Like He's been in like those all-too, like way-too-early... Uh, Heisman, uh, like, blogs, like, on CBS or someone who, like, put him out there. Um, so, but here's the thing. The, the number one thing they could do to give Deuce a better shot is to give him the carries at the goal line. But I think with Adrian Martinez, yeah, I think that's actually only going to decrease. Yeah, probably. Um, I, I, w- I care about the Heisman, like, especially if our player, if I think we have a player that's deserving of it, but... The, the award itself and, you know, the criteria for the award doesn't match the actual winners year after year. And it is, it is like, essentially a popularity contest for, you know, the best teams. And it's it's stupid. It's bullshit. Um, so I, I have a hard time caring about it, but I will lose my shit 
produced to win the Heisman. Like I'll, I, can, I'll campaign for that passionately, for oh, sure. We'll have a full-fledged campaign on Twitter. SF Wildcats asks, and this is for you, then me, how's the first year of fatherhood been, and how's it affected your time to devote to all things K-State? He's talking about human and then canine. So we'll start with you. I actually am more interested for you to hear about. Oh, yeah. I want to know about the dog stuff first. Okay, so this is... This is how it's changed for me. Like, I watched a handful of games at home, mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't really change much. I actually cheered a little less because if he's sleeping, like, <laughs> he, I didn't want to wake him up. That's but hilarious. then it's just like, oh, I'd put him outside, and if uh, there was a play going on, I'd wait to bring him in or wait to take him out. Like, there was, there's no real change um, going to games, actually, that is actually the biggest change because my parents are great. They love him, yeah. and I could drop him off there. I could go to a game and come back, and I did that during football season. But for basketball season, there's like that that Marquette game, for instance. Like I thought, oh, I could go there. I could you know come back all this type of stuff. But it's that extra step of like, okay, will my parents you know be fine watching Chauncey? Or he yeah. hasn't since he's been out of the crate. He hasn't slept over there without me there. So it's like, okay, you know, am I going to do that? So that's been the only change. There has been z- literally zero issues outside of, like, me thinking, all right, can I go to this football game? Or, you know, oh, maybe can I go watch the game at someone else's house? And I don't know what to do with him. Yeah. Um, but since Manhattan is, you know, you have to drive through Topeka to get there, it's honestly not really made it much of an issue. Are you surprised at how, like, emotionally invested you are in that piece of shit? I, like, honestly, it's wild. <laughs> He'll, like, so he sleeps up in the bed now. And Big mistake. Yeah, well, way. it's fine. Well, it, it it's is, like, well, never, I have a, you were never going to not do that. Yes, but for, for the longest time, he was good sleeping in his cage, and then for a while, he was good sleeping just on his dog bed but he like would just like lick my face and he want to come up that's fine how big's your bed it's a king oh you're it's fine, a king man. i'm fine but still he wants to be like touching me which is fine in the winter it might be in the summer but it's like three in the morning if he's having a bad dream like i'll be like oh hey it's okay <laughs> and then he then all he wants to do is snuggle he like just wants to climb on me and lay on me and he wants me to hold him and cuddle all this type of stuff which i want to do i i'm a big physical touch person i love that but also, it's like training him to be like, oh, human, I want to lay on them. Yeah. Which that's tough because I don't want him jumping all over guests. If we're laying on the couch, I don't want him doing that. If I'm ever lucky enough to bring a girl back home, like, you know, I don't want him jumping all over her. Well, here, that's the thing. Sex will be weird. Sleeping with a dog is great when it's you, but like, like when. So we have a. I obviously am married, so a dog, a woman. In the bed, even though we have a king size bed, is hell. Like I get, I like sleeping like with the dog when it's just me because it's like it's nice, it's fun. You got a, a live stuffed animal, like a, an actual like little buddy, and it's just like I love cuddling with the dog when it's just me. But like when you have another human in the bed, it's fucking infuriating, and I like want to kill the dog. But um, yeah, dogs are great, a lot of work. But I tell you what. I could not give a shit about a dog now that I've had a baby. Um, it's, Poor Newman. It's wild. Well, here's the thing about I Newman. still love Newman. I mean, I still love Newman, but it's not like I, you know, sent him to the pound. He went to an even better home where he has a giant backyard now. He lives at my parents' now, by the way. And I still see him all the time. Um, eventually, like, we were planning to just take him back 
but like now I feel like that would be kind of cruel uh, because my parents feed him like insane fat fattening treats and he has a giant yard and you know he just gets more he gets all the attention there so and it, I, it was a perfect match because I've been telling my like my parents I was like you guys need to get another dog for like five years and hey they got one now so he'll always be my child but having an actual baby holy shit it's crazy it's how what is there even to say it's hard to verbalize it's changed me in a million ways um i think i've i don't know with without becoming too serious it's i mean it's obviously like the greatest thing that's ever happened to me it was not planned I was not ready for it. Uh, no, you were not. I will never forget when you told me. But, um, you know, the second I found out, I was immediately, like, on board, which was surprising to me. But it's crazy. I don't know. It's just, I've been basically, it's been, like, eight, basically eight straight months of, like, very little sleep still. Um, stress. No money. It's, it's... <laughs> I've had to mature in a lot of different ways. That's not reflected on my Twitter, but it is real. And it's great. I love it. I love my little man. And, yeah, it's completely changed my perspective on a lot, on a lot of things. So, All right, top five Christmas movies from Brett Morey. This is dropping after Christmas. My top five Fuck. has mainly been unchanged. Christmas Vacation 1, The Santa Claus 2, A Christmas Story 3, Love Actually 4, and The Santa Claus 2, 5. Fuck. And I say it's mainly unchanged. I'm sure I've actually changed it, but that's like a pretty definitive top five for me as I sit here today. Honorable mention, Christmas Chronicles. Okay. Yeah. See, I am not at all passionate about Christmas Christmas movies, so I I, very I'll run off a top five. I will say I think I have a definitive top one or number one, and it's the Santa Claus. I think that's just a fucking great movie. Uh, Tim Allen is hilarious. That was though, his perfect role. Even though he's like the biggest piece of shit of all time. Uh, he's not even a top ten piece of shit all time. He fucking sucks. But but also like I love like Tool Time is so funny. Like it's a great show, and he's a great dumbass. Like he he's a very good in that role. Uh. I like Elf. I know it gets a lot of shit, but I'll, I think Elf is Elf is good. I think if you're saying Elf is not good, you're trying a little too hard. Uh, is Home Alone Home Alone a Christmas yes, movie? Yeah. All right, I'll put Home Alone in there. I'm just fucking scrolling <laughs> right now, and uh, I mean, I do like It's a Wonderful Life. I think it's, actually, I've never seen it. It's good. It's good. Um, it's old, and I think old movies mostly are terrible, but it's pretty good. Like the fact that you can watch it today is a testament to how good it is, and it's fucking... There's no color, but, like, you know, come on. Black and white movies suck, suck shit. Um, I gotta find a fifth one. I'm just... I'm scrolling Chronicles of Narnia. Shut up. That's not a Christmas Frozen? Movie. None of these are free... That's not Christmas. Uh, I do think Die Hard's a Christmas movie. I watched that for the first really? time this year. Really? Yeah, You're I calling do. it a Christmas movie yeah, now? Yeah, I am. I am. I... But only barely. Hardcore disagree. It's only barely. Because the first five minutes, Christmas very present. The final, like, 45 seconds, very present. <laughs> and then random pieces throughout the movie. I'm fine calling it a Christmas movie. Although, I'm not going to fight someone who says it isn't. 
Oh, uh, shit. What is it? You like the Grinch? Jingle all the way. Okay, <laughs> all right. I actually okay. do like that. We're movie. moving on. We're moving on. This is a great question. Actually, I'm going to save that. That's going to be our last one. Uh, we have two. Uh, the fo- We're doing the follow-up before the first one from Cole. Uh, how could the athletic department improve our NIL efforts follow-up? Is it because KSU, uh, could KSU be slow adapters of prioritizing NIL because our donors are old heads? Here's the thing. A lot of the donors right now aren't old heads. It's new money that is actually leading the charge on a lot of things. Here's the difference, though. K-State and their donors aren't actually breaking the rules. Like, a lot of these questions came in during national and letter of intent signing. People are objectively breaking the rules. So I don't think that makes us bad. We're going to have to adapt if we want better recruits. But at the same time, we're going to, like, right now we're recruiting at the same level we did before NIL. So I don't think it's hurting a bunch. But also, look at Nigel Pack. Look at Deuce Vaughn. Both those guys are driving around Manhattan in $100,000 cars because they got a NIL deal with a car sponsorship. So Casey isn't that far behind. So that's my take. Uh, and also, yeah. technically, athletic departments aren't supposed to do anything with NIL. That would technically be breaking our breaking the rules, and I don't think K-State is going to be doing that under the current administration. You know I don't have shit to add to that. I mean, I don't follow much with the details of NIL, and I don't have that type of big-picture thinking, so I'll let you take it, pal. Yeah, there we go. Uh, one, one more, then we're going to end with a final one with Cole because it was my favorite question of the – Q&A podcast to end the year from Caleb Pogue. If you were elected president of the United States, what would be your first executive order? Mine would be standard time all the time. I understand people like daylight savings time. Oh, uh, that's good. But I like it. I go to bed super early. I wake up super early. So I'm saying standard time all the time. But you know what? I'd be fine with daylight all the time. I just hate it when we switch the clocks twice a year. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I do a standard time all the time. That's my first executive order. God damn. You're going to have to tell me if this is within the president's I actually, power. I actually don't know if <laughs> I don't know if daylight I don't know if that's technically president's power. Daylight also, savings is incredibly stupid. Also, bo- both Trump and Biden, I'm pretty sure, have broke the Constitution with some of their executive orders. And I'm pretty sure I'm Obama sure it, and Bush, I'm sure it probably everyone doesn't stop has. with them. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm just saying I've only become hyper aware with the last two presidents. They've definitely broken the rules, so go at it. Uh, canceling student debt would be nice. How about that? that yeah, okay? I already paid all mine, so I did I'm too. Selfish. I paid all of mine, but I've got some other ones that I have to pay now. <laughs> Well, and that's where I'm at. I'm not so. gonna. We're not gonna have that. Debate. No, we won't. But that's I would fine. like. Hey, I, there you go. I would love. That's, that's your. Well, I think order. that that's like a bubble that's gonna burst at some point. It's unsustainable. So I just think you know. Well, and I think that's probably why the federal government shouldn't do any loans. But I mean, probably true. But hey, whatever. Cancel that. That would be nice for my, my family. I, I if you my, got elected president, you could definitely, and you'd be able to do some other sketchy shit to pay for that. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, if you're only doing it for that one reason. But it doesn't matter. We're going to end with this because this was my favorite question. Ask Bosco. This is from Cole, my guy at the Cole Hager. If you could have a five-star quarterback or two five-star offensive linemen, which would you choose? If you choose quarterback, how many offensive linemen would it take to flip? (laughs) I love this question. 
And ready for this? Mm-hmm. I'm saying two offensive linemen. I'm taking the two five stars. We we actually agree on this. Um, my first instinct was quarterback, but I think in, especially at K State and with the players that we have now and like the type of system that we want to be, I think having two five star offensive linemen plus you know the way that we develop offensive linemen, I think you can coach those guys up to be you know like what was Cooper Beebe. A two-star. He's a two-star, and he's going to play in the NFL. And, you know, five stars, that doesn't mean that they're going to be, you know, NFL type of guys. It doesn't mean they will become even Cooper Beebe's level. But, you know, I mean, could you, it's all about the trenches in this game. Could you imagine having two two-star tackles and being able to put Cooper in the middle? You're getting Taylor Poitier back. You're getting Andrew Langang, who's actually starting to play some tackle because, again, he's so good. He can play inside and outside. If you can have two five-star tackles, oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's all about the trenches, too. Like, when you get – like, it is about the quarterback also, but the difference between, like, the top, top teams are the teams that can dictate the line of scrimmage – consistently and if man shit i mean if you could if we could get a couple five stars on there my my word all right here's the question would you trust anyone who would say they would take a five-star quarterback over three offensive linemen no that's that's just that's why too much i like, can again, make an argument for, for two, two. Yeah, yeah yeah it's but, a perfect question honestly uh yeah th- this is maybe one of the best like actual sports question. And I'm sure some folks are going to disagree. Would with you us, rather but... have two five-star tackles yep. or two five-star defensive ends? Oh, now that's a great question. That's a great question. Oh, man. It's hard because... Like right now in this very moment, two tackles because I think between... Deuce. Well, and then also we're doing the three down yeah. uh, running back... Or two, three down uh, defensive linemen where we're only playing one true defensive end. You also have Khalid Duke. You have... like I think we're going to be good on yeah, the pass yeah. rush. But now... In a vacuum. In a vacuum, in today's day and age in college football, I'm taking the two defensive ends, actually. Yeah, just dis- having like a disruptive defensive line is... The best you cannot because you can't double team two guys. No, you can't. I mean, we've seen just what one guy can do, and when you have like a guy, an under the radar guy on the other side, he just ends up eating. Yeah, like that's where like that's where Reggie Walker comes from, like as a freshman, because they're double teaming Jordan the fuck Willis. out of Jordan Willis, and then Reggie Walker has eight sacks as a yeah. freshman, and he wasn't even that good. Like he was, he was good. Solid. He was he good was that solid. year. He was solid. But like that just shows how good Jordan Willis was. Yeah. Like if you could have two five stars, like two two Felixes, oh yeah, on each end. Holy shit! Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm going two defensive ends over two tackles, but I'm taking two tackles over one quarterback. I agree. I think that's good, especially in our offensive system. That's all we have. Again, guys, that's our last uh, regular yeah. show. For the new year, the next Monday show will be something along the lines of a bowl preview. It's not going to look like our typical ones. Um, I, I'm not sure what it's even going to look like, but that'll be the next Monday episode. We will be going live after the basketball game on Wednesday. It's been another great year, Boneheads. I love you guys. I can't believe it. Five calendar years. Um, thanks, everybody who listens. It's been a crazy year for really both of us. Uh, if you haven't yet, 
get vaccinated, get boosted. Um, I hope you're all doing well and happy holidays. Happy New Year. I got the perfect song for the end of this. Folks, meet me at the cat head. Should all acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should all acquaintance be forgot and days of old lang Podcast Network.